Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 82 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I'm your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon. On this episode, I'm joined by journalist Chris Kulik. He recently wrote an article for Distorted Sound magazine about the 30th anniversary of the Black Album. So in this episode, we dive into the Black Album, talking about its significance to heavy metal history and the history of pop culture in general. We also talk about recent Blacklist covers, the 40th anniversary concerts, and so much more. So let's jump into it. Here is my conversation with Chris Kulik about all things Metallica. Yeah! My guest today is a writer. He's been a guest on Metallicast before. I'm very excited to have him back. Um, he writes for Distorted Sound Magazine, among other publications. One of his most recent articles is celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Mighty Black Album. So I'm looking forward to diving into that with him as, as well as much, much more. Welcome back to Metallicast, the one, the only, Chris Keelick. Hey, good to be back. That's not, that was like a wrestling ring intro there. I love it. <laughs> well, I usually I usually reserve the great uh wrestling intros for only the finest guests. So if you've been a guest on Metallicast and you're listening, you've not received that intro, you must have sucked, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like SNL. Like after, <laughs> after like five times, you get the jacket or something. You get yeah, like the exactly, jacket. exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna start making the Metallicast jackets to celebrate uh, uh, the milestone. I, I got to figure out what would be a good milestone, right? I I want to say my heart says six six six, but that's a ridiculous number to appear on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. I've been on if that. That would if that was the case. Uh, I'd probably have to make an appearance probably for the next every day, every recording for the next, <laughs> I don't know, maybe like 25 years. <laughs> I mean, and I better start making episodes once a day. And I'm supposed to be, you know, taking a step back in a moment. I'm about to have a kid. I'm going to have some friends coming on, yes, yourself yes. included. Uh, there's some plans there. No spoilers there, though. And uh, but you know what? Fuck it. I got to get to that magic number. I got to get. Chris and Richard and Bruno and all my favorite guests. Family life. Uh, this, the content train never stops. Listen, it stops for nothing. I'm just going <laughs> to tell my wife. All right, you you have the baby, you raise it. I got content to do. I got content to make. And uh, well, you understand, I'm a content you know, creator. <laughs> you know, the the kid really. I've got to be honest with you. The kid really cannot come at a worse time. Metallica is about to launch the Metallica podcast, mm. and you know we were talking off air 
uh, Metalcast got a nice bump in numbers. And now, oh, the kid wants to be born around the launch of the first episode? Are you kidding me, baby? How Are you kidding me? The nerve. Oh. The you know what? You know what? It really comes down to the parents. The baby must have horrible parents. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't, I, I can't even imagine. You know, it's just, I, real, I shudder at the thought. I shudder yeah, at the A thought. real dick of a dad, I bet. A real. Just a real, just a real doozy of a, just an, just a absolute, a real piece of work that a real piece of, of work, you know, or her. I'm... You are just a real piece of work, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure uh, the gender of the baby, uh, so sometimes I say his and sometimes I say hers, and then whichever one I say, my wife always goes, "You said he, you said she," and I say, well, "Hey," all we know is that I said, if, "Hey, if, if, maybe they're gonna be, you know." Ginger fluid. We don't know. We don't, we don't know. know. We don't Let's know. Let's not assign they, the they pronoun be, yet. They might be the table. Like, <laughs> like just like James Hetfield. <laughs> I am the table. table. <laughs> and Did I you? Uh, pretty much. It's an obligation. If it's a girl, uh, it, now it, um, it's on air. It's on record that it has to be named Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a chance? Not to. I'm not doing this as a cheap plug, but did you have the chance? Uh, and if no, you can be honest to listen to the Stuart Herwood episode I did with Lou Reed's. He was Lou Reed's guitar tech right hand man. He was there for the whole recording process of Lulu. I have not. I've got to be honest, man. I mean, things have been so busy with me. Yeah. I haven't had an opportunity, but I mean, I, I've, I would awesome. I definitely got to give that a listen. I would check it out to, just a few episodes ago. It, uh, I barely do any talking. It's just story after story after story. It's all brilliant. But the reason I mention that is because he goes into the I am the table controversy and he talks okay. and he defends, he defends Mr. James Heffield with that lyric, with the vocal delivery. It's a beautiful story. And you find out the truth and the true meaning behind that lyric. So hashtag tablegate. <laughs> hashtag tablegate. <laughs> But we just celebrated the 30th anniversary of the Black Album. A lot, I mean, we are going Black Album crazy right now in Metallica land with the deluxe edition around the corner, the box set, the remaster, the the Metallica blacklist. The it, it, it's just been an endless stream of Black Album goodness lately, and now they have the Metallica podcast coming celebrating uh well they, they're they're calling it volume one so i'm hoping there's going to be more volumes down the road like are they going to do right. a load one are they going to go back in time and do like a ride the lightning one like god i hope so i mean i i, I would love to hear one on each album me too uh, i think that would be phenomenal the, the load and reload the the load and reload fan uh, that I am would love to see those albums get a little bit more love and get a little bit more yeah. uh, in-depth dissection on those records. Yeah, Especially with, uh, you know, I know there's, I, I watched that clip that came out not long ago off of that clip them all YouTube page where, where James is talking about his, his, the songs that he thinks he's most proud of. And he talks about bleeding me and he talks about fixer and he talks yeah. about Outlaw torn. And I'm just like, those are literally some of my favorite songs in your entire yeah, it's like, catalog dude that, that, how about you play that, fixer in concert <laughs> exactly and, but but it, it makes me really glad to see that he thinks that those are are among yeah. his proudest moments because those are really uh just very emotional uh 
very personal pieces of art that I really appreciate. So would love yeah, to see a little deeper dive, a little bit more uh, dissection on those. I agree. And I think there's a lot to dissect there. I mean, when the different musical directions they went in, the uh, the lyrical content is some of the most personal that James Hatfield has written to this day. Yeah. Um, and, and I just think it was a huge, no matter your uh, opinion of those albums, um, I think, you know, performance wise, you have to agree. It's phenomenal, especially in the vocal department. Um, and, it, and also I would love to hear them address just how do you, I know they've talked a little bit about it, but how do you follow up release, uh, you know, follow up the biggest album of all time? Right. It's it's like it's almost yeah. an impossible task. Right. It's like no matter no matter how you do it, there there's going to be people who are disappointed. Yeah. It's you know, we, we talk about the, the the sonic gamble, you know, the sonic changes. And I'm sure we'll get into that when we talk about the, the black album going off coming off of justice. But, you know, we don't it's not really discussed as much the sonic gamble gambles plural that were really taken coming off the black album and into to load and reload yeah you know the, the just bob rock doing his thing and saying let's use more wacky instrumentation and let's <laughs> let's pair it let's pair the songs down even you know it's it's a two-edged sword on one hand he says let's pair the songs down you know even more you know on kind of a radio you know accessibility front but then again you have the songs that we mentioned before the bleeding knees the fixers the outlaw torns and you know you get these kind of magnum opus long very kind of darkly you know introspective you know there's not short darkly introspective songs like until it sleeps and stuff but these kind of really the music just complements it so well it's so prying and so kind of just very uh like a fever dream kind of like experience is what i what i described when i listen to tracks like those so yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. I'd love to to get some more in depth on on those records. Now, in terms of the Metallica podcast, Volume One, they're calling it the story of the Black Album. I mean, we talked a little bit about this off here, but it's like, what else do you say about this record? What are you hoping to get out of this podcast that you maybe have not gotten out of previous? black album documentaries or interviews from the band it's a very you know it it being the biggest metal record of all time one of the biggest albums period of all time it's its story is so well documented yeah um what are what are you as a metallica fan hoping to get out of this podcast that maybe you did not get out of something else i think it's just the the revelations that come with time and kind of reflection and i think that the more time has passed, I think that only more and more artists have become inspired by it, especially a lot of artists that you probably wouldn't expect, like a lot of, you know, modern pop artists. Like I would, if you ask Post Malone, I would think that probably he would be someone who'd be very inspired by like the Black Album. I would love to hear Metallica's, you know, the guys kind of reflect on, you know, what it means to them that, you know, people from this newer generation, you know, that you may at first glance think have nothing to do with, with metal or maybe totally kind of out of left field inspired by the black album. I'd love to hear stuff like that. You know, I'm just so glad that, you know, that they're, they're making an effort to reach out to Jason and bring him back and, you know, really have his, his, his side of the story. Not that his side of the story hasn't been told or hasn't been seen on, on camera, but 
again, his point of view, you know, kind of looking back even after leaving the band, after kind of, you know, doing his own thing for so long, you know, you know, and we, we talked also talked off air about the video, the unboxing video that he was just recently in. That mm-hmm. was really, really good to see. Yeah. I'm really glad that they've extended the hand to him and said, hey, we want you to be the one who is unboxing this because obviously you had a huge part in this. Right. Yeah. You, know, you, you can't you can't talk about that that time in their history without talking about Jason. And, you know, he's not swept under the rug by any means. I mean, fan, he's one of he's a fan favorite, but you know, time passes, you know, Rob is, you know, been in the band for longer, longer than Jason has. And, you know, with the new record coming out next year, he'll be approaching, you know, he'll have put out, you know, just one less record than, than Jason has at this point. So his output is coming up, but I'm really glad that they're still kind of extending the hand to him. So I really want to hear what he has to say, you know, looking back on, on his time with that, you know, you know, I'm really interested in just the emotional state. You know, I want to hear more about that. I know that's been documented, but about, you know, the, the tension, you know, I wrote about in my article, I I used the diamond metaphor. Like when you have pressure and fire, you know, what do you get? You get diamonds. And like, that's what they made. Like every song is a diamond off that record. Mm -hmm. And that's just like, I want to know what they think about that. Like it is undeniable that every song off that record is among the biggest songs of all time in their catalog. And I just want to know like what they think about that. Like, Right. Yeah. You know, how do you make a diamond? Like you didn't obviously didn't set off to make a diamond, but do you think, do they think that that kind of that pressure from the change from justice to the black album, is that what, is that pressure kind of what created that, that perfect kind of storm, that perfect environment with the new producer, you know, the, the, the divorces they were going through, all of that, all of that stuff, just how, how it coalesced to create the diamonds that we know and love today. Yeah, I agree with all that. And I think it's really, I think they're in a sweet spot right now in their career where they can con- consistently continue to look forward and look ahead and have new projects and new this and new that. But they're, also very happy to look back at their past now and fully and really uh, accept it and celebrate it um and i think you know having you mentioned them bringing jason newstead into the fold for the unboxing video and he's part of the podcast as well um among others like bob rock and and you know there you i think that's so important because you know there's so many bands out there that have former members or this or that and there's just so much drama you never really get those special moments or um and those members do not always get their recognition and you know they're not trying to re-record jason's bass parts with robert trujillo or (laughs) anything like that you know it's just it's nice to see them like find this peace with their past while still being this relevant band 40 years into their career yeah, and, you know that's a good yeah. point that you brought up about Bob Rock as well. You know, I really want to hear what he has to say because every band is trying to make their black album, and you know his sound, you know his production, it literally it just changed everything. You know, yeah. the production on that record just changed everything for for every heavy every band that wanted to sound like that. Every heavy band wanted to sound like that, and I want to know now that even more time has passed since you know we brought this up since the the documentary the classic albums documentary where they kind of go through, they break down, you know, song by song, not every song, but 
a lot of the songs off that record and you know they all kind of talk about it but now that even more time has passed since then i think that's probably the last if i'm correct i think that's probably the last big black album retrospective kind of documentary ish thing that they've done yeah um and that was like 99 or, or around that time i think they did that they put that out um but i want to hear you know after all this time has passed and bob rock has been doing his thing i, I think he lives in lives in hawaii now i'm sure he's hanging out with kirk in hawaii just surfing, surfing and stuff <laughs> yes yeah, exactly surfing it up with kirk in hawaii yeah um but i want to hear just what he thinks about like yeah like is he pr- like is he proud of that sound like is he proud of like what he did on that record is he proud of the fact that so many bands you know tried to chase after that and tried to like replicate that or does he kind of view it through a different lens is he kind of more kind of humble about it and kind of like yeah, you know i just was doing what i thought was right and you know what you know he often talks about you know metallica had that live that booming live sound that he felt hadn't truly been captured yet on all the the fleming rasmussen records and right, yeah. and kill them all the paul curcio record just hadn't done justice to kind of the the, the live sound which is what he was going after but and you know i I would really be interested to hear if he compares it like if i got him in front of me i'd be like if you were to compare the sound of the black album to any modern record like past that like what do you think would like compare like has anybody come close like has anybody like even like you know tried to like get as close as you have to getting that sound that iconic sound i would just love to kind of pick his brain on that and see what he has to say yeah i mean it is such a uh, so just a quick story to follow up when Ryan Downey from Speak and Destroy was on Metallicast, he told a story. I there was a band, um, the drummer of which he is friendly with. I want to say Bullet for My Valentine, but I could be mistaken. The band, so forgive me if I am. But long story short, that band worked on an album with Bob Rock, and the story okay. goes that. Uh, you know, Bob Rock approaches him, him being the drummer in the band, saying, you know, what sound do you want out of your drums? And he's like, you made the Black Album. I want that drum sound. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, the, that is the sound that so many metal and rock bands are still chasing. Chasing, yeah. Uh, and that's my only beef with them doing a remaster. It's like, how do you remaster that album i think it, it, it it's an album that sounds timeless it's an album that sounds just so fresh still when i listen to it and it and it's just i i i think my personal opinion it is the best produced album of all time i'm going to say it at least yeah. in the metal genre in terms of the sounds and tones that are captured the performances that are captured i just yeah. think it is uh, a perfect sounding record. I agree a hundred percent. If not that, you know, it's got to be in the top five, probably top three for sure. And it's not just about, it's not just about the, it's not just about the sound that was captured at the time. It's about what we think when we hear that sound, it's about the emotions that, that come up when you hear that sound, when you hear that cracking, that cracking snare drum, or when you hear the, you know, this is really when James really stepped up his game vocally. This is when he starts to, you know, be at the peak of his career vocally. That when you hear yeah. the the crispness, the snarl of his of his vocals on the Black Album, and and you know, forward and past that, you know, it just it brings up a, a completely different emotion in me than from when I hear any of the earlier records. I don't know; it's very hard to to explain, 
but it, there is something about the sound of that record that just has a completely different, brings up a completely different set of emotions. You know, it's, it's definitely, you know, everybody says it's not as thrashy as the, the earlier records, obviously it's, but there is something about that record and the, the emotion that rises when you hear the, the, the production and the tones and the singing on that record that just is so aggressive even with the lack of thrashy songs, it just feels, it has an aggression all its own that just is unmatched, you know, in any regard, I I think. Well, let's take a look right at some of the other albums that are the best-selling albums of all time, like Back in Black, um, Thriller, Appetite for Destruction, Come On Over by Shania Twain, like even albums that are outside the metal rock world, right? Yeah. You, the, they all have this classic sound. They all have great production, but I mean, can you, how many people who are not diehard ACDC fans can hear a snare and nobody's going to be like, Oh, that's from the ACDC album. I bet you though, there are people who do not know much about music, who do not know much about Metallica that if they heard a snare, they might be able to say, Oh, that sounds like Metallica. If for no other reason than Sabbath true, do, 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 bam, right? Like it, 100%. those sounds are not only defined that album, not only ha- went on to define so many things in uh, metal as a genre and uh, for bands and albums that followed, but it's so instantly recognizable to so yeah. many people, even if you are not a musician or the biggest Metallica fan or the biggest rock fan. They're just song. There's so many classic songs on that record that are instantly recognizable, instantly memorable. And that goes down to the tones, right? You, and you know, I, yeah. ACDC sounds like ACDC. GNR sounds like GNR. Michael Jackson sounds like Michael Jackson, right? It, they all have their signature sound, great production, yada, yada, yada. But play me a snare drum. More people can recognize the tone of Lars Ulrich's snare drum than most any other drummer. I'm talking about people who do not play drums, do not even really know music. I'm willing to take that bet. And that and that all boils down. The reason I bring that up is because that all boils down to the production that is captured on the Black Album. I, I, I double down on that and just say, you know, these are the most these are some of the most recognizable metal riffs in the world. It, I literally said this, this record changed the culture. Like you put, you put on the first two seconds, three seconds of Anderson Sandman like that, like 85, maybe I'm being generous, but I, I would wager 85% of the global population, like the global population, like people in countries, you know, that don't have, you know, ready access to a lot of the modern metal bands that we listen to today, like play the first five seconds of Anderson Sandman, less than that, three seconds. Like they're going to get it. They're going to know yeah. it. They're going to know that riff instantaneously. They're going to know that tone. They're going to know that riff. Same thing with Nothing Else Matters. Play the first five seconds of Nothing Else Matters. They're going to they're going to know it like that at the drop of a hat across the world. Like not just in the United States, not just in North America, like across the world, like east to west, north to south. You know, heavy, heavy music lovers everywhere, you know, are going to obviously going to know it, but just people like. Yeah. ordinary people like I, I talk about just how ubiquitous 
you know, those songs, those videos on, on MTV, you know, the rotation that those got and how much that seared it into the public consciousness and, and around the world and the radio play and just everything Whoa. came together in this perfect storm. And it's just, it's hard to fathom just how, how it just crystallized these, these moments became in the global consciousness. Yeah. It, it made them pop culture and it made them, a brand Absolutely. and made them a household name. You know, there is a, uh, you know, there's, there's a reason why when you're watching a TV show or you're watching a movie and the character in the TV show or movie is like this metalhead, you, you're going to see a Metallica poster in the background because it's the one metal band that everybody recognizes it's the logo that everybody recognizes. It's the name that everybody recognizes. I remember there is a uh, episode of Seinfeld, one of the biggest TV shows of all time. Which I've never seen, which is probably a crime that I've never really? seen. Really? I have never seen an episode of Seinfeld you in my should life. You should probably stop recording with me and go binge. That, yeah. sure, but. <laughs> but there is an episode... I believe I could be wrong. Somebody out there is going to correct me probably, but I believe it's the one when they're waiting to get into the movie theater and they are, uh, but I bring that up because there's a Metallica reference in that episode. It's like, you know, somebody, I, I forget the exact exchange, but the gist of it is, you know, somebody's making like a lot of noise or whatever. And George says something like, what do you think this is like a Metallica concert or something like that? Like, you know, it, it's a throwaway line, but it's like, they don't mention guns and roses or ACDC yeah. and that's not a knock against those bands, but it just is to back up the fact that they became a part of pop culture with yeah, that album. I, I've, I've talked about this before on the show. You know, it's Metallica is not just a band. It's a brand like that logo. It's a brand. Yeah. Like, it, and that, you know, we could, I would like a hundred percent definitively say the black album is the album that cemented the brand, not just the band. It did both. It cemented the oh, band yeah. as a stadium level, arena level band, like for all time. Like it, that was the record that forever put it. I think I mentioned, I, I talked about this in my article. I, I worded something like it forever tied the, the very genre that they, that they're a part of it tied finally put the metal into Metallica like it tied the genre to their name like it 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 gave them it it, it solidified their namesake like at that moment they were metal incarnate like yeah they that was the moment that you know what when you think of metal you think of Metallica it was because of the Black Album that that is the first the first thing that comes into people's minds when you say oh I'm a metalhead. You're like, oh, like Metallica? Like, that was the right. record that yeah. gave people that answer, like that response. And that was the record that solidified them as the brand, like that everybody was wearing their shirts. Everybody started, you know, you know, seeing that as kind of a, you know, again, as that, that pop cultural, you know, currency because mm -hmm. of the Black Album, unequivocally. Absolutely. 100%. And that album just keeps going. Like, look at the what that album sells in a year. What is it? Like, like 2021. On the, on the top 200, on the Billboard 200 yeah. or something? I mean, six, 16 times platinum. And, I, and if, you go, if you go on iTunes, because I checked this 
because I'm old, I'm old fashioned and I don't use Spotify and I, I buy everything <laughs> off of iTunes, which apparently isn't, um, which, which is now the cool old fashioned old now. way. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's like, that's like those moments when someone says like, Oh, I'm into classic rock. Oh, like, like Nirvana and like, <laughs> like Alice in Chains. And I'm just like, right. I just like get goose. I just like want to like go in the other room and just like puke into a bucket. <laughs> um, but no, I, so I, on iTunes, if you go on like their, their metal charts or their rock charts, like, I'm pretty sure from like the moment I, I first got my first iPod in like 2008 or whenever, 2007 yeah. to this day, I don't think Metallica has left the, those charts. I don't think Enter Sandman has like left that top 10 rock or metal chart like for any of those years. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know I remember for when Hardwired to Self-Destruct came out and that was already five years ago in 2016 that album comes out and i remember seeing on uh, i'll say it was like the itunes rock album charts right that was number one number two the black album, the black album. <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> well it's the you know and that's the other part of it it was the it was the gateway drug for so many like yeah you know 50 percent, 60 percent of the metalheads in our scene right now like you can thank the black album for you know welcoming welcoming them in through the door i'm sure this has been talked about ad nauseum you know from from bands and from you know you know guests on other podcasts or you know everybody every publication says yeah i became a metalhead because i heard i saw inner sandman on mtv or i heard nothing else matters and you mm-hmm. know i i it changed my life forever and you know when you when you have that legacy of, you know, and Metallica can say this time and time again, which makes them, you know, obviously like the goats because, you know, people can say that about master puppets or justice or any record. Yeah. But when you have a record where some people say it changed my life, like it changed the trajectory of my life. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you you know, you're uh, you're on a whole nother level. And like I said, when you can say that multiple times over, then you're just, you know, I bow at the, you know, then, then you need to bow at the altar. So, (laughs) Well, I just opened up the, if you go to billboard.com and look at billboard 200 for today, for this week, number 137, the black album, the black album. And was it on, uh, the billboard 200 the week before? Yes, it was at 141. So it's up a few spots. (laughs) And how many weeks has it spent on the billboard 200? 620 weeks. (sighs) Wow, man, that's just I I can't even like fathom that. Just the, the that accomplishment to 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 do something like that, the 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 lengths that artists would go to if you if you told some random band off the street that your your record is going to spend over six hundred weeks on the Billboard two hundred, yeah, you know they drop whatever they were doing and you know. I, and what's I really even, interesting. You know, put into words. And what's really interesting is when you look at the rest of the current Billboard 200 and you look at the other albums that are not new um, that have been on the Billboard charts for um, at least 100 weeks, let's say between 100 and 690 weeks, um, those albums are all greatest hits albums. You have like Journey Greatest Hits, Queen Greatest Hits, uh, the essential Michael Jackson, um, you have like most of them, not all of them, but most of them are greatest hits collections from 
some of the biggest artists of all time. And you know like, why? You know why Metallica is there because Black Album is essentially a greatest hits record. Like it's so good, yeah. it is the greatest hits record. Well, if you buy one Metallica album or you just buy one metal album, the album you're going to buy is most likely the Black Album. Yeah, like I said, it's 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 one of those. It, it is in a, it is forever linked to its genre. Like it's never gonna it's never gonna not be. I have a hard time live like picturing a world where it's not gonna forever be linked at the top of you know like i said you listen to metal oh me- what like metallica like where it's not going to be at the you know in the, in the yeah. first three records that are listed you know if we if we shot a record into space for aliens or they came to earth and they're like play me a record of what metal sounds like like what is metal we want to know what metal is what's this metal you keep talking about and we were like okay we got to pick one record or else they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna blow up our planet or we're doomed forever and uh I would trust nothing less than the you black shoot up man of war. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, oh yeah, obviously the black album, obviously, obviously. Yeah. yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure when they hear the first, the first 30 seconds of Enter Sandman, they're just going to be like, okay, well, we're, we're not going to mess with you. You know, peace out. <laughs> we're gone. But no, it, it'll forever be, you know, yeah, forever tied with metal and. um again it's it's hard to say more than that you know what greater mm-hmm. compliment can you give it like what more can you even write about it than you define it then you know black sabbath started a genre but i would argue that that record defined a genre forever yeah beautifully said and now that well that album is celebrating 30 years and metallica themselves as a band celebrating 40 years here in another couple months and they have their 40th anniversary shows coming up in December. Um, I said this on a past episode, but I'll say again, congrats if you got tickets. I did not try because, as I've already said, I will have a uh, newborn at home. And uh, I know this is hard to believe, Chris, but going cross-country with a newborn at home and a two-year-old was not high on my wife's uh, list of things she would like me to do. That was a week not before on the Christmas. List. That did not. That did not make the honeydew list. No, honeydew list no. did not include purchase purchase I, 40th anniversary concert tickets. I tried adding it to the to do list. My mother in law, God bless her, she's like, he should go. But my wife said he's not going anywhere. In that voice, it's like it's like Chris Farley, like back off, I'm starving. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole other side came. No, out, like, okay, it was it know, wasn't right. that bad. I'm not. I'm just making fun. I'm not. Yeah, my course, wife didn't. I'm not demonizing her. No, no, no. no it was course. it was just bad timing for our family. But um, yeah. but it's way funnier if I, I say that she told that. me no. <laughs> like she just whips out like a black metal voice. You're not going. And then you went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she goes, wait, why are you doing a Dave Mustaine impression? Good luck. You can't do that without expecting me to just lose it, man lose it it's so it's the uh i lose it every time i had to sneak it in because you know richard last episode he was on and he asked me to do uh say the name of the new megadeth album 
with my Mustang voice. And I listened back to it and I, and I, and I really felt like I disappointed everybody in the Metallicast militia because oh, no. I, 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 when I listened back to it, I was disappointed with the impression. I, I, I don't feel like I, I gave the Mustang his just due and I just needed to rectify that this week. With with a with a with a better impression with a but with the classic Mustang. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to bust out what yeah. you, you got to go with what works. You got to bust out the classic. Yeah, I'm sure Dave is very appreciative. He's on cameo now, so maybe yeah. we can. Uh, and I'm gonna pay him three hundred dollars to sing Inter Sandman on cameo. Who's with me? Who's with me? <laughs> oh my! Say your prayers, little I'm one. Devil get my son. Do include everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Exilied into night, never, never land. Ooh. <laughs> now I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> Pray the Lord my soul to keep. He's like, oh wait, he's like, oh wait, I already did that. I already did that. Yeah. And go to hell. Go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh but the fortieth um, no, anniversary. I, I have shows. not gotten tickets. I have not gotten yeah. tickets either to, to the to, to that. As much as I would have liked to, uh, just in a you know a lot of stuff going on right now. So yeah, I got a lot. Yeah. Of, I spent. I've already dropped a lot of cash on a lot of other concerts as well. So yeah, and, I and let's the line somewhere. And let's hope. I do not want to jinx anything. Let's hope that the concerts happen. There's been uh, some cancellations lately with things uh, getting worse in certain necks of the woods uh, with the covid and uh so let's just hope everything mellows out a bit and uh people can go to the shows enjoy the shows yeah 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 yeah. and uh tell chris and i how they were because we're both going to be super jealous i i have my fingers and toes crossed for some kind of live stream at least maybe one of the nights i'm not sure if they will do that but that would be super cool um and uh yeah but you know i i the main reason i was hoping to go because i know people from all over will be there and i was like oh this would finally be like a great opportunity to meet so many people in person um but you know was not meant to be down the road ladies and gentlemen down down the the road road. because i because spoiler alert i am done having kids after this second one (laughs) um i'm cutting it off i'm drawing a line in the sand (laughs) Famous last words, right? Next year, I'm yeah. like, so I'm exactly. having a third one, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't so, go to the fiftieth. <laughs> yeah. Oops, we had a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I thought what would be what would be fun is to, you know, there's a lot of speculation about the set list, right? Like, what kind of what what are they gonna do for the fortieth? I, I I think you know. It's easy to do like uh, a greatest hits package because let's celebrate the best of the best. But then yeah. you're gonna be surrounded by like your diehard fan club members. So do you have a lot of deep cuts? Do you have songs you never performed before? Do you have a new song in the mix? Do you have special guests? Like when you look back at the 30th anniversary shows, they had you know a different set every night. They had tons of uh, guests. They played cover songs. They did, you know, multiple things off every album. They did, um, 
it was it, it was just amazing but yeah. that was more than two nights i think it was at least four nights yeah it was it, it was around that and yeah it, you know i i it would, those shows were so incredible and i really liked how they they tied each guest that they brought in and they played songs that you know were specifically tied to to those those guests like when when dave came out and they did oh, jump yeah. in the fire and they did phantom lord and uh and they brought Bob back rob mcgovney too and i mean yeah, they had the full the like original window, yeah. lineup yeah and i imagine you know i would imagine i have you know i would imagine it's going to be i think they would, if i was to guess they'd probably do more of the same i think they'd probably bring um kind of do something similar some of the same people might be back they may just they may just change up some of the songs like like if Jason, if Jason came back to play a couple songs, like I'd love to see them do like the songs that he specifically wrote. Like I'd love to see, uh, or, you know, my friend of misery, like my friend of misery. Yeah. Black in where the wild things are. Yeah. Those songs in particular, I'd love to see, you know, those ones that are tied to him. Um, something similar to that, but you know, I, I wonder like, you know, I, I was thinking about this too. Like what, what else could, they do like those were such a big deal and those shows were so cool and you're right like you're going to be surrounded by like you know the fifth member people the diehards you know what else can you do that's that's going to be really special to top that or or at least equal that so i think there's a million things that could happen i think what i would love to see you do one night that's like a greatest hit show in the sense you do like in, 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 but you have each album represented. So you do, you know, kind of the best of the best, so to speak, you know, like in terms of hits and recognition from Kill 'em All all the way through Hardwired to Self Destruct with okay. like two songs at least from each album. So okay. you're going to so get saying, like, yeah, you're going to get, you know, maybe you get like Seek and Destroy and like Four Horsemen. You get, you know, okay. Creeping Death. Bells, Bells, Master, uh, Battery, you get one, Harvester, you get, you know, the Black Allen songs, you can get like Until it Sleeps, like those load reload songs we've not really heard much of. And then night yeah, that- two, or one of the nights, you play none of that. And you just do deep cuts, you do rare songs. Pull out Fixer for the first fucking yes. time. Could we get a you... could we get a premiere? I hope so. <laughs> I, God, I hope so. I mean, the internet would crash. Yeah. If uh, if if Fixer gets played, or uh, I mean, I I can't even I can't think of another song other than Fixer that would get that would garner that kind of you know that kind of response. So, I mean, it has to it has if there's gonna be one that 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 they're just gonna like take it to another level it's got to be fixer i would i would imagine yeah i so i think that's maybe how i would approach it with maybe some special guests sprinkled in you know um on both nights but yeah obviously i'm not them and I would uh, love to see, i'm not sure what yeah, they're thinking I would, I would love to kind of see you know one night would be really interesting if they kind of did they started off uh just a regular set electric set and you know and and do kind of more deeper cut songs but i'd love to see kind of like a almost a break in the middle and have them do almost like an acoustic break like kind of entirely switch to acoustic uh and and bring out the hurdy-gurdy yeah (laughs) break out the uh yeah exactly break out the hurdy-gurdy and and 
and just do 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 the acoustic set but do songs that they haven't done already like i know we've heard the the all within my hands you know that rendition i'd love to see them you know kind of work on an entirely new kind of set of acoustic tracks and then kind of and then kind of go back and end the set uh electric again a a normal set and uh yeah you brought up the idea of of new material you know that would be great just get a little a little teaser a little glimpse maybe even like hey here's like a little medley of like new album songs that we're working on so that nobody gets like too much of an idea of like Mm. one particular song before they're ready to release it but they kind of give like a little like riff uh you know kind of like the the kirk and rob doodles but the whole band kind of giving like a little like riff palette sampling a little little charcuterie board of (laughs) of riffs um from the new record that would be really cool but yeah, whatever they have planned, I'm sure it's really special. But you know, I I, I want to see the guests. I want to see the love. I want I, I want to feel the love. Mm. I think that's what I'm looking for. I want to feel the love between the band and the fans. I want to feel the love between, you know, the guests that come. Like I, I just want to. That, Assuming that's really what this guests. is all about. Sorry. Assuming there's that? guests. Assuming yeah. there's guests, of course, of course. But if there is, you know, that's what this is all about. Yeah. It's all about. And I'm sure they would say the same thing. It's really all about celebrating like the journey to how we got here. Right. And, you know, we, we couldn't have done it without these people. And, you know, let's find a unique way to kind of celebrate those people and whatever it is. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be unique. But yeah, for sure. Like if Fixer gets played, like <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be looking for bootleg footage wherever <laughs> I can get it. Just to I know. Just to I see. mean, uh, so. the nights they're happening, if there's no kind of live stream, I'm going to be glued to Twitter just to see what songs they're playing. And then I'm going to, what's going to happen is I'll see that they played such and such song. And then I'm going to complain to my wife that I'm not there. And then she's going to say, but look how cute your kid is. And I'm going to say, you're right. But, but in the back of my head, I'll be like, I should be there. You should be there. You're like, I could have heard bad seed. Play bad seed. Uh, and then she'll be choking me, and I'll make the bad seed sound. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, well, we have a bad seed right here. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, yeah. That, that, is, that is on my list, though. I would love to hear I would love to hear bad seed. That's one of my dark horse like songs that I love. See, like that's sure. not near the top of my list, but like that would be so cool if they played it because nobody would be expecting it, you know? Like that's the epitome of a deep of a deep cut. Of a deep cut. I think they only like te- the only time I've ever heard of them playing it was the tease that they did on Cunning yeah, Stunts. Yeah, they did like that little tease. I think on that's that like run, the only yeah. time they've ever like attempted to do anything related to that song. And I'd love to hear like Prince Charming, like just just like so much off of Reload. I'd love the to Saint hear, Anger version sure. of All Within My Hands. Yes, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back <laughs> yeah. around. We've had the acoustic version. It sounds lovely. You guys did a great job. Let's bring back just absolute insanity let's just shred shred let's just have a actually i changed my mind let's just have a a set of songs that just shred james's voice (laughs) so like just absolutely all within my hands into dyer's eve into spit out the bone into uh damage inc just like all the epic closer thrash numbers my apocalypse will throw in there um into like yeah, into like a back to back to back, pick pick any three songs off of Kill 'Em All, probably like Metal Militia, yeah. and I don't know, Phantom Lord and Four Horsemen, yeah. just parts with that have really high classic James parts. Now I'm wondering because um, they, 
you know, they were set last year to do all these David Wimmer festivals. Um, obviously, those got canceled. And now yeah. several of them have been rescheduled with Metallica, supposed to be playing. If those festivals happen, they've been advertised to do, as some of them to do, two nights, two unique sets. So I'm wondering now if those unique sets are going to be any indication of what we hear at the 40th shows. That wouldn't be surprising because I know before S and M two, they, they did outlaw torn at a couple of shows before that they did a day that never comes. I think at a couple of shows before S and M two. So, I mean, that falls, that falls right in line with, with what they like to do is kind of tease these kind of, you know, I I don't know if I'd call day that never comes a deeper cut, but just songs that they don't play as often that they might do for, you know, a very special show upcoming, like the S and M two shows. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of the two, uh, unique sets is, you know, is, uh, a black album set. They are, they, they're happening this year, right? Those Danny Wimmer sets. Like, yeah, yeah. Those those shows in the fall time, pretty much, I believe like, yeah. So that would make sense. If they, if, if they do a black album, if they do a black album set, I know they've done that before, but you know, it, it wouldn't be, in, not entirely apropos. Maybe we get you know, some blacklist crossover performances at some point with some of those artists yeah. performing something with them. Oh my god, I can't even. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. I've been lo- I've been loving uh, the majority of of those tracks that I've been hearing. You know, as soon as that was announced, I got super excited. You know, when yeah. I saw the track list and I saw the, the the list of artists that they had chosen, they just have. I admire those guys so much for just the the. We were just talking earlier about you know throughout their career the risks they've taken but from the artists that they chose you know for these i don't know how they got in touch with all these artists but just how they the 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 eccentricities and the eclectic group of of artists that they got uh was really exciting yeah. and I've, I've really loved the majority of everything i've heard and, and hearing all these different twists on those. yeah i i agree with that i i was saying last episode when our buddy richard was on that um I I appreciate the covers that are in line with like the style of music that the original artist does. Um I'd rather like I'm not uh you know into reggaeton at all. Um it <laughs> not about that it is J-Hop, not but... something that I would listen to. Um but I would rather hear a reggaeton cover of a black album song than a straightforward note for note cover that's is trying to sound exactly like the album because at least to me that's doing something that could be interesting that's at least going to sound different um whether i like it or not is secondary to that because if i want to hear a note for note version of let's say wherever i may roam I'll just put on the black album to wherever I may roam because <laughs> nobody's going to do a no for no version better than Metallica. Absolutely, I think you're in the I think you're in the majority in that. I I I think I fall into that category as well. Like we've heard the Volbeat cover and the Weezer cover, and you know they're very they're very similar. Obviously, the voices are different, and there's a little there's little bits here and there that are they're pretty different. But you know those those two are the first that come to mind that are like, yeah, these are pretty, you know, pretty close yeah. to what the, you know, what the, what the band was already doing. I will doing. say so, I mean, though I... that the, at least Volbeat sounds like Volbeat. Whereas yeah. Weezer to me sounds like a bar band doing a really 
uh, tight cover of Inter Sandman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I agree with you 100%. But, like, man, when I first, when I, and, and you know, with, especially with nothing else matters, like, there's, for, from the snippets that I've heard, especially the ones that aren't released yet, you know, there's only, I feel like so many ways you can tackle that song, yeah. you know, without kind of compromising, you know, what it's all right. about. But, you know, but when I heard that Miley Cyrus cover when it first was released, I mean, it blew me away. Like, I couldn't believe like how good she sounded on that. I mean, I know it's pretty close to the, to the actual song, but like her voice just like elevated it to this whole other, you know, dimension that I, I was, I, I had, I was like, let's listen to that again and let's listen to that again. And I just had to listen to it over and over again. And, you know, I, I heard the Phoebe, did they release, they released the Phoebe yeah. Bridgers yeah. one, right? The cover. I, I really, I really enjoyed that, that version of nothing else matters. I love the Biffy Clyro holier than thou um that that's really cool um i dug the off holier yeah, than thou cool. um and uh i've really and on top of that i mean we were we were talking earlier about all the goodies we're getting i really enjoyed hearing like kind of the demos oh, yeah. and the kind of the the different takes that they've been yeah. releasing of of stuff from their sessions and i really enjoyed the the nothing else matters without the drums just kind of with the strings and the mm-hmm. guitar and and the voice and that was really really nice to hear and you know a lot of the the, the demos that they've been releasing have been kind of interesting i love seeing how the sauce is made yeah. anyway yeah, like yeah, i love yeah. i love i i devour behind the scenes dvds and like making of youtube clips and stuff so this is all right up my alley i, I don't know if i have the cash to drop on the box set but just the stuff that they've kind of been been drip feeding us you know in in kind of anticipation of it um i've just been really digging it. yeah i agree and uh it's always interesting to see you know, when you listen to the demos, for example, how much of the original was there up front for the demo yeah. and what changes came about or or you just hear it without the vocals or the vocals maybe are there, but there's no lyrics or the melody is slightly different or, you know, there's the and the they're just like we said before, the, we know those songs so well that it's cool to hear them kind of stripped down and broken apart and being a work in progress yeah you think about the what ifs you think about like what if what if one thing had been differently and what if what if you know for some reason inexplicably that something resonated with Lars that you know didn't resonate with him that came out on the actual record like what if he decided to you know you know play a, a, a different completely different chord progression or a completely different solo or if a completely different like lyric set resonated with the guys and or the structure just resonated with one of them differently. And then you kind of like you go inside your own head and you're like, I wonder how that would have turned out. Like if just they'd zigged instead of zagged, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's really fun to think about. It's really fun to kind of like piece it together and think, oh, well, all right, you can kind of get a glimpse of like where this maybe could have gone. Yeah. You know, if if someone if, if Bob Rock or whoever hadn't stepped in and said, OK, I think maybe we should kind of like structure it this way. Or change the solo here or flip this around it's just really interesting to kind of think about the way the guitar player of the year solo kirk <laughs> i just need you to dig a little deeper <laughs> you want to hear it with the vocals Don't sing it. <laughs> uh, that's another great documentary too year and a half and that is another great end. documentary and that's that's what we're talking about when we say you know, it's hard to, you know, yeah. there's so much of this has already been documented, but, you know, 
I, anybody who does have the box set, you know, are you getting the box set, Brandon? Do you, are you going to be, uh, that? I've not ordered it yet. I'm a little torn about it just because you're an outlaw. Uh, I am an outlaw torn right now. Um, you know, on one hand, I want it. On the other hand, I'm like, do I need it? You know? Yeah. Um, the thing, the thing that intrigues me the most about it, you know, and all the, all the, like I said, all the live CDs, the DVD, the DVDs are, are something that interests me. I love watching live performances. So that's obviously, a, that would be a big draw yeah. for me first and foremost. But, but I, the other thing is I've really kind of, especially probably in the last couple of months, especially I've really kind of been drawn to collecting books, like collecting books about metal bands mm-hmm. and metal festivals in particular. And I know that they have this huge photo book that's included with the, the box set. Yeah. It's all these kind of unreleased photos. And that's something that would intrigue me. Probably that and the DVDs, most of all, that would probably be the selling point for me if I was to ever kind of you know, just take the plunge and, and spend that yeah. money. And, and the, the CDs, again, would just be kind of a bonus to kind of like, again, learn how the sauce is made and kind of form those what ifs and hear the demos and look at the integrity of the original song and kind of see it be put together. But yeah, the, the photo book and the, the DVDs would be the biggest draw for me just because that's what I, I seem to be collecting the most of yeah. these days. I agree with that too. And that's something a little bit more, um, but like that's something I would sit down and kind of would get more of my focus because as much as I love sitting down and putting on music and listening to it, my opportunity, the opportunities I have to do that right now in my life are just limited because I have a family, I have work, I have this, I have that. So a lot of my music listening now is on the go. You know, I'm, I'm going for a jog. I'm on my commute to work. I'm, you know, doing X, Y, Z. So unfortunately, like a lot of my music listening is on the go these days. Whereas that's a good point. Yeah. That's something I've actually been meaning to ask you because I, I find the same thing. Like it's, as time goes by, it gets, and I, I don't even have kids, but I find, you know, just with the stuff that, that I have to do and life kind of yeah. happening, I find I have kind of less and less time to, to dedicate to, to concentrating, to actively concentrating on listening to especially new stuff. And, you know, especially, you know, when the, when the blacklist comes out, you know, I'm going to want to sit down and kind of really concentrate on it and kind of listen to, you know, it's going to be long, but it's probably going to stretch out over multiple days, but I, I'm still someone that has a hard time doing multiple things you know when i'm listening to music i kind of still find that i have to concentrate so i was going to ask you that eventually like how do you kind yeah of i mean make that time to kind of listen to stuff i would say metallica is the one band right if they if metallica came out with a brand new album tomorrow i am right. listening to it as soon as humanly possible and when the kids are in bed i'm going to tell my wife i'm going down to the basement I'm going to put on this album. I'm going to do nothing but listen. And that is it. We're going into the table zone. You've entered the table zone. But, you know, that will probably be like a one-time opportunity I get to do that. They're the only band I would do that for. Because it's not like I, you know, I'm like, all right, it's Friday. This album came out. I'm going to go downstairs for an hour or two and just listen to music. That's not, you know, a possibility with the busyness of life. But um, yeah. so a lot of times it's just um, I, I I listen I, I still listen to tons of music. Um, I have 
Apple Music, which I know is the devil to some, but I like it because, um, yeah, obviously I love going, I, I love going to record stores, buying CDs, looking for new bands that way and exchanging CDs with friends and stuff. The reality of the situation is there's not too many record stores around me. I'm not going to go to Target or Best Buy and buy CDs. And even if I did want to do that, they have like five CDs to choose from these days. Um, so for me, it's a lot easier to access new music through a streaming app. Um, I like Apple Music because it combines whatever I get from them with all the CDs in, li- in my library of music that I've had on iTunes since college basically you know rather than having like in a separate app like i would have to have for spotify um and i listen to so much music because there's i have all the music to choose from so i and (laughs) what i like about too is that i have like a couple of my really close friends also have apple music so we can text each other an album or a song and so we're always I'm like I've I'm sharing more music now with friends than I have since college, um, which is exciting for me. So I'm always hearing new albums or n- new bands that they send my way, some of which I'm like, yeah, that was cool. And it's worth a listen. And I quickly move on because there's a million other things to choose from. But sometimes you get that band or you get that album that like stays with you and you go back to and all of a sudden it's like, all right, I have a new favorite album. I have a new favorite band or whatever the case may be. Um, but again, a lot of that is happening, you know, on the go. I'm on the, you know, I'm on the bus. I'm on the train to work. I'm, uh, I just dropped my daughter off at daycare. Now I have a 20 minute, uh, ride home. What do I want to listen to in 20 minutes type thing, you know, or I'm going to go for, uh, a jog. I'm going to go work out. I, going to give myself an hour what am i listening to during that you know so a lot of it's still consumed on the go but i'm listening to a lot of music still nonetheless do you, do you find that as your listening habits have changed that you kind of find yourself enjoying music in a different way or, or do you think it's pretty much remained the same even though your, your listening habits have changed over um, time? i'm not digesting it the same way as i did because before i would go to the like if i think back to like my high school years i'm going to a record store i'm choosing a cd i'm or a few cds maybe tops uh, you know by a handful you go home and i would put on one at a time i'm listening to it like lying on my bed looking at the cd booklet maybe reading the lyrics maybe seeing who wrote the songs what what are the different instruments who produced it like i'm always nerded out about that type of stuff um whereas now you know when i have my phone it if it does not instantly grab my attention sometimes it becomes more background noise because my mind wanders i'm not i it you know uh, sometimes i might fall along with like the lyrics but like it's not the same as having a like a physical cd book as you know when you're on your cell phone and it's like oh I got a text message. Oh, I'm uh, somebody's calling me. Oh, there's uh, I, I might as well check Twitter while I'm here. You know, it, it's there's just so many other distractions on the phone. It's I think that's what it is. It's just more distractions. Um, and yeah. you know, when I was in high school, life was a lot simpler. 
and uh yeah. and it, there wasn't a way for somebody to <laughs> grab no a hold of me 24 <laughs> 7 and have the same responsibilities as i do now um and so it was just easier to take a moment and do nothing but listen whereas now i'm listening in between everything else that life is having me do <laughs> yeah and i don't want to say i don't want to say that that's something that i'm worried about because i take music so seriously now and again i, I find that kind of time slipping away a little bit not 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 a whole lot because again we're at different stages in our lives but it's just it's something because i i value that kind of like experience so heavily and again i'm not in high school or anything but i still kind of value that kind of experience but but you probably would just tell me that you know that's just something that you you adapt to it you evolve to it you know you kind of learn to kind of still get find that pleasure and that enjoyment yeah. out of it but you just kind of consume it in a different way and you just kind of internalize it differently is that's what i would imagine that you would probably tell me and yeah for someone who's kind of like oh i'm worried that like i'm gonna lose that, that kind of that kind of sacred experience a little bit yeah i don't think you're not gonna lose i don't think you'll lose like your love for it you're not gonna lose your passion for it but i do think you're going to you know get less excited about certain things than you used to sometimes you know like trust me metallica's doing something uh, nothing's gonna match that excitement for me still to this day but of course. you know i maybe it's just because i'm older and a little bit more jaded now too and i got more like so-and-so's releasing an album i'm like oh that's cool or or they released an album I'm like wait they have a new album i didn't even know it, 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 it's just like whereas i feel like when i was in again if i go back to like high school like I knew when every new album was coming out for all all artists that I liked, and it's like, and that's not the case anymore. So, and now they do like, oh, you got a new album coming out tomorrow? Like, oh, I guess I'll add that and <laughs> right. And the benefit the benefit of 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 my you know my writing is that you know I, I am pretty much on top of a lot of new stuff, and I have my ear to the ground on a lot of stuff, and I, I just hope that continues. Yeah. You know, I hope that I can kind of integrate this further into my life, where I can kind of find strike a balance behind between keeping that kind of constant knowledge of new stuff because i all i i am a fiend for for what is new and what's coming out well i I love keeping my ear to the well here's the thing and and balancing it out you will because you have the drive to do it but where the problem is now with the way um the music industry set up now is that you know we're from a generation that got to experience record stores we're from a generation that got to uh that well we're just personalities that took the time to sit down and listen to music but my fear is that the younger generations there's going to be less people willing to do that because now music's more disposable because think of like my experience with music now where it's like i have all the music on the phone and it's this and that and whatever now that's your entry point to music if you're a kid it's amazing exactly. because yeah. you can access anything, but you're more likely in a lot of cases, I think, to, you know, to just hit next or hit skip and right. just go on to the or, next thing and not kind of really dig. Or like deeper, you like yeah. a song, great, you're gonna go listen to that one song. Back in the day you liked that song, you have to buy the album and then you listen to the album yeah, because you spent your money on it. And maybe the rest of the album is shit, but you listen to it. Yeah. Where so I think, you know, just music as a uh, as you know, the album as an art form is dying in some regards, um, it, which is yeah. why. And I and, and I do not blame 
bands for this. I, it's gone a little bit back to um, like the 1950s where you would release like a bunch of singles. And now yeah, artists are starting to do that now because like, oh, they dropped a new song today. Oh, and then next week they do another new song or, you know, every it, right. it, like that seems to be more of a focus now. Singles are big. Yeah. yeah. Singles are big. And I remember that uh, I'm a big Stephen Wilson fan, big Porcupine Tree fan. And I remember I, I had one of his DVDs and and he's talked about this in multiple interviews, but he calls it like the jukebox mentality. Yeah. Where it's like you know it's song to song to song to song. It's not really album to album to album to yeah, album. It's that's kind exactly of, it. Yeah, it's just it's a song by song basis. So I agree with him on that, and I'm guilty of this heavily. Oh, yeah. Like I, you know, there's certainly records where you know I'll have stumbled upon a song, and then but you know, and I'll take the time to listen to you know maybe a couple other songs of the record or the whole record. And I'll be like, you know what, nothing really else really resonated me th- with me, so I'm gonna keep this one song and just kind of have that in my pocket, yeah. but. But yeah, I agree with you. It is it is kind of interesting to think about. Um, but there was speaking on this topic, there was something I wanted to bring up to you. Um, talking about new new artists, um, have you ever heard of uh, the band Orbit Culture? Not off the top of my head. Yeah, they're they're relatively they're getting bigger relatively now in in the metal scene. They're out of Sweden, um, and they're they're pretty heavy, but they do feature some clean vocals and the clean vocals. He he is pulling right from James Hetfield. Oh, yeah. It is very like at moments it is uncanny. Like if you listen, there's a song called Mirror Slave. That okay. that would be like the one I would recommend that you check out called Mirror Slave by Warren I'm Culture. going on my phone right and now listen, and opening up Apple Music. If you listen to it, it's it is you're like that is Hetfield to a T. Like it is Hetfield esque. He's got the uh, at the end like the <laughs> like that yeah. kind of like down like you're gonna you're gonna hear it and you're gonna be like okay like i see where you're going i think he's he's gone on record i forget the singer's name but he said like yeah like uh metallica and gojira are like the two bands that i i, I wanted to be yeah. like and that i i pulled from yeah. identically so little uh little i just wanted to get your feedback on that i hope to hear from you when you oh, yeah, listen I, to I, that and let I'm me know gonna, what you think i just i just added it right now live on air i just added the album okay um, another problem and I run into sometimes too, which I never ran into before. Like if I went to the store and I took the time to buy a, a CD and come home with it, like I could tell you every CD that I owned at one point. Um, now I will just like add an album and then I will like just hit shuffle here. So I'm like, who the hell is this? <laughs> yes. And then, yes. or, yes. Or I'll be like scrolling through like the artists in my phone. I'm like, who's this band? Who is that? Yes. Or I'll go, um, or I'll know the band. I'll be like, why do I have a song by them? Like, what do I, what would I have heard by them that I would have liked and added? Like, it's just like, it's so more disposable now, you know, even for somebody like me who's like a music nerd who did all this stuff, you know? A thousand percent that happens to me that everything you just described happens to me too. And that's, that's partially a product of that's, that's, that's a twofold product. It's a product of just my, I I'm, you want to know how really old school I am. I still, I still listen to my music off an iPod classic. That's, that's right. folks. <laughs> you heard right. An iPod classic. You're so old, Chris. So I know I'm, you gotta I, get, I got you gotta be hip and cool with me and my iPhone. I'm just holding up to the screen here. No big deal. Gen no Z, deal. you know, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just not <laughs> hip with Gen Z. I'm, the, I'm a dinosaur in their eyes. Yeah. Um, 
but it's a twofold. It, it, it's because, it, but still, I will, I will forever fervently say that uh, I don't think I've ever found anything that holds as much as a, as like a 160 gig iPod classic. Maybe they make iPhones now that probably hold that much, but that's why I use it just because of the storage space. But it holds so much, and I listen to so much that you know I'll come across and be like, "Why did I put this yeah. on here? Like, what? When did? When did? When did? When did I listen to this? Yeah. Like, did I ever like this? <laughs> like, when did I? When did I decide that this was a good decision? Yeah. Like." Why is this on here? You know, everything you just described happens to me. So yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's just, these are questions I think yeah. about, you know, as time passes, as time goes by. So, My, uh, and as a fellow music enthusiast, you're the right person to kind of pick. And, and as someone who's who's a little older than me and a different phase, you're the right person to kind of pick their brain on, on those My, things. My uh, buddy, Greg, who has been on Metallicast before and who, uh, he's the co-host of the Cops Pain Podcast, which we've done about like, you know, maybe five episodes of. It's a very, for those of you who do not know, my buddy Greg and I, once in a blue moon, drink beer, listen to black metal, talk about listening to black metal, and then call it a podcast and release it. There's probably, I think, like five episodes over two or three years or however long it's been since we've started the show. So, and, and it's been probably like almost a full year since we've done one um you're just hitting your yeah, oh yeah oh yeah but um the reason i mentioned that because he's one of the friends who i'm always trading music with and we will joke be like oh yeah i did some spring cleaning yesterday which is when i just go through the hours i'm like no clue who that is delete 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 like if i do not instantly i reach a point where if i do not instantly recognize an album or an artist i at some point i have to delete or if i'm like I know what this is, but I've it's been sitting there for a year and I've not listened to it. Delete. And then what I what I will do sometimes too, because I'm crazy, is um delete an album and then sometime in the next month add the album back. <laughs> Cause I'll hear something and be like, Oh, I do like that. Like why did like, oh, I delete crap, this? I yeah, yeah. Did like that album. Shit, I actually did like that album. I'm gonna put that back on there. Which is uh, the, you know, which the, is the beauty yeah. and also the curse of streaming platforms right now. Of yeah. modern, yeah, the modern yeah. platforms and everything. Yeah, you know, the, the the real key thing here is that I think that if you're passionate about anything, like you're, you'll always find time for it, and things may change and may evolve. But you know, if you hold on to your passions, and it's always something that you know makes you happy and that you know makes you feel fulfilled then you're never going to truly ever let it go. But it may change, like yeah. you said, but you know, the, the key is to just never really let it go and just kind of, you'll always find the time for it. Before we wrap up here, you mentioned Orbit Culture. Are there any other new bands that are on your radar right now that you would recommend to the God. listeners of Metallicast? Where do I start? So many. Um, okay. Now that now you've, now you've really got me. <laughs> um, there's this band I'm obsessed with right now called Unto Others out of Portland, Oregon. They just signed a Roadrunner Records, and they got a new record coming out next month. Uh, and they sound like a cross between like a little faster-paced typo negative okay. and uh, Sisters of Mercy, and it's just very eighties. Yeah, but they just they just ooze cool. They're just like literally, they seem like the coolest dudes in the world. Um, so there for sure unto others is a band I would recommend. Um, obviously orbit culture. If you kind of want that Gojira mixed with kind of like Hetfieldy clean vocals, they're really cool. Really they're, they're heavy, but in like kind of that groovy 
way, not like Pantera groovy way, a little heavier than that, but um, just a really cool band that I think is going places. Um, if anybody hasn't heard of Spirit Box mm. yet, you better get on the yeah. Spirit Box train right now. They're kind of in that metalcore gent kind of world, but mm. Courtney, who's the the singer of, of Spirit Box, um, she's amazing. The melodies they really create are are uh just really hypnotizing really different just a, a really cool up-and-coming band um gotta shout out my hometown if anybody's into hardcore um every time i die is dropping a new record in october um so let's go buffalo <laughs> shout out to the buffalo boys um let's see um what else have i been listening to lately that's been on my list i'll give you let's see what is that that's four i'll give you one more round it out to a nice even five um what's a new band what is a new band i'm on the spot here no pressure i can't think of another band off the top of my head so we're gonna i'll leave it at those four those are all oh i do i did think of i just thought of one um rivers of nile nobody's heard of rivers of nile um they're a great progressive tech death metal band um they got a new record coming out really soon they're just like on another level very talented group of dudes um and I'm not just saying that because I'm interviewing them tomorrow, um, but they're they're great. The, check out their new record when it comes out. Um, those are those would be my recommendations. That's kind of what I've been I've been really jamming. So, Chris, where can everybody find you online? Uh, you can find me at Risk with a K. That is uh, the word Risk, the word with, uh, and then capital K um, on Twitter, and um, just Chris Keelick on Facebook. Uh, you can find Chris Keelick on distortedsound.com um, and noisy, that is N-O-I-Z-Z-E dot co dot U-K. Those are the two publications I write for mainly right now. Um, but if you just search my name, like on Google, you'll find some a lot of my past work that I've done. Um, and that's that's Those are my main platforms right now. But um, keep an eye open. I got lots of cool stuff out in the pipeline. I've been doing this feature for Distorted Sound where I, I tackle... Um, classic records like i got lamb of god sacrament coming up a piece on lamb of god sacrament which is approaching its 15th anniversary i believe 15th anniversary um i think i think so i'm doing a piece on that that's coming out soon and i've been doing a lot of these pieces on on classic records and kind of doing a retrospective on them so uh keep an eye out for that and uh new reviews and interviews i'm interviewing rivers of nile tomorrow so um that piece should be out um sometime next month as well um, but those are my places. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. And I also wanted, yeah. to, I wanted to end with one yeah, yeah, more yeah. thing that I thought of. You know, not a, not a humble brag, but this this ties Black into the Black album. You know, just to just to tie in the the legacy of the Black album. Uh, I interviewed Tobias uh, from Ghost, and I was asking him. This was back when Miliora came out, um, which is probably their best record to date. And I said, you know, I hear a lot of like Deep Purple influence on this record, like Machine Head, Deep Purple kind of sounds on this record like what were you kind of going for and he said you know we we looked at three records we called it we 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 wanted to tackle three black records like black sabbath acdc back in black and metallica's the black album Hmm. when we wrote meliora and i was like rad (laughs) so ghost one of the biggest metal bands of today maybe one of the the next torch bearers of headlining big metal festivals if they're inspired to make one of their best albums and you know, help the, the record that helped catapult them to stardom because of Metallica, then what else is there that really needs to be said about the legacy of the Black Album? And that is a beautiful way to end this. Thank you, Chris. 
Thank you, Brandon. It's always a pleasure. A huge thank you to Chris Keelick for coming back on Metallicast and having that great conversation about many things Metallica, the Black Album, the Blacklist covers, the 40th anniversary shows, so on so forth. Always a great time with Chris. And I am hoping he will be back in my absence. That is right. I am going away for a few months, as you heard in that episode My wife will be giving birth any day now, any second now, and I'm going to be taking a few months off. But in my absence, some friends of the show are going to be stepping in and filling in for me in a series I'm calling Metallicast, My Friends of Misery. So if next week there is no new episode, well, the baby is the reason why. Otherwise, I'll be back next week. Either way, Check out the links in the episode description to give Chris a follow on social media and to check out his article about the 30th anniversary of the Black Album. And please give Metallicast a follow on social if you're not already at Metallicast Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you are a new listener, please subscribe, download, and leave a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All that goes a long way in helping me on my quest for world domination. And a huge, huge thank you to Hector Castro, the man behind my favorite one-man band, Bison of the UK. Check out the links in the episode description and support Bison. They provide all the original music in this episode, including the epic Creeping Death intro. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, mill up your ass. Yeah! Fans not experts.